You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I'm Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian, and welcome back to my Nutrition 101 mini-series. So if you've already been following along, I'm so glad to have you back, but if you are new here, you should definitely go listen to the first episode um, in the series because it is really just helpful, very helpful, and have basic knowledge that I think everyone should have because everybody eats, so everyone should kind of have like a baseline knowledge of nutrition, or at least I personally think so. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about blood sugar, and I think that this is such an important topic, and I'm really excited to make this episode and just have it out there because I think most people don't necessarily understand how it works and how to control blood sugar, even if they are just a healthy individual. It's very, very, very important. And it's no one's fault that we don't really understand blood sugar because no one was really ever taught it. Like in grade school, like no one ever talks about this. It's not spoken about. Um, And it's just so there's no way that you would ever really understand it unless you seek out the information for yourself or unless you're listening to this episode, episode, of course. So blood sugar and mainly the control of blood sugar is so important for overall health which I'll get into, but also it's just important for like day-to-day feeling satisfied after meals or snacks and just being able to, you know, go about your daily life feeling like you're in control of your appetite and just being happy and satisfied. So let's just jump right into it. So when we eat any kind of food that contains carbohydrates, if you've seen the fir- or if you've listened to the first episode in the series, you know that you know all the foods that contain carbohydrates, we went over that. But when we consume them, our bodies will digest it down into a the most simplest form of carbs, which is sugar or glucose, right? Like we talked about that before. And that glu- that glucose will then be able to be shipped off into our bloodstream. And once that glucose or sugar is in our bloodstream, it is going to be taken up by our cells to the to be used as energy. The presence of insulin is actually how we're able to transport or move the sugars in our bloodstream through our cell membranes into our cells. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So the reason we want to take sugar from our blood and move it into our cells is because that we use sugar for energy and that's how we make ATP which is the basic form of energy in our body so we want that sugar to come into our cells and where it will then go into glycolysis and the Krebs cycle or TCA cycle and beta oxidation to make ATP for energy so sugar is our preferred fuel source because it is compa- compared to proteins and fats, it is the easiest of the three macronutrients to make energy just, ha- just as you go through that little three-part cycle that I just mentioned, and that's pretty much like how we get energy. We can also create glucose from proteins and fats and then therefore go and make energy out of it. But of course, that adds a lot of extra steps. So we just get the glucose straight from carbohydrates 
and from proteins or fats, the other macronutrients. It's just obviously a lot faster and a lot easier, and that is going to be the body's preferred method to make energy. So basically, we eat carbs, whether it's fruits or grains or something sugary. We eat them, and then we digest them down into sugar. That sugar then goes to our bloodstream. So obviously, when that sugar is entering our bloodstream, our blood sugar, the amount or the amount of sugar in our blood is going to rise. So what is most ideal when it comes to our blood sugar rising? So we want to see a nice steady increase because as it comes up nicely and slow, our body can respond and match it with equal amounts of insulin because insulin is how we are going to take that sugar in the blood and move it into our cells, which is basically the final destination. So as our blood sugar is rising slowly, we got some insulin that is also being secreted to kind of match the rise in blood sugar. And then as the insulin is shifting, the sugar from our blood and ourselves is also is just going to slowly come down. So we want this kind of nice and happy, steady wave. But unfortunately, what happens a lot of the times is we end up getting this huge surge of sugar really, really quickly. And what happens is when this comes up so fast and so hard and our bodies kind of go into like panic mode and it's like, whoa, we got all of this sugar happening. We need a lot of insulin to match it. So having this huge rise in blood sugar and we end up getting this equally but also kind of disproportionate surge of insulin we're just throwing insulin out there hoping that we can get the blood sugar down asap and we almost end up having too much insulin so instead of you know okay our blood sugar is really high and now it's coming down because we have insulin we get this huge spike in blood sugar and also insulin and then because there's so much insulin that's blood sugar just tends to plummet so I hope this makes sense I'm trying to make this as simple as possible but going into the reasons we don't want this crazy ride is because we're automatically going to have this crazy drop immediately well soon after that and then we have this crazy drop of blood sugar actually tends to dip a little lower than it's comfortable so it goes back down to normal rates and then it goes even lower so it goes a little lower than comfortable for the body and your body is going to send a signal that says hey we need to eat carbs we need to bring we need to bring in sugar because it's too low like you could literally still have some food in your stomach yet to be digested and your body is still going to be yelling at you pretty much to bring in some carbs when your blood sugar is in that kind of like a dip zone but like below where it's normally comfortable and feeling super low and you're just going to feel very unsatisfied or maybe you're going to feel super lethargic and cranky you're going to be craving stuff you're not just you're just not going to be able to feel very satisfied due to such a low blood pressure you're not going to be able to have good appetite control. Like I've talked about the snacking and controlling your blood sugar for appetite control in previous episodes before. So obviously to avoid all of that, we want to make sure that we have a nice steady blood sugar and not crazy spikes or crazy dips. So I know you're probably asking, 
okay, Lex, how do we avoid these crazy spikes and crazy dips then? Of course, I'm going to tell you. Um, So there are a few ways you can go about controlling your blood sugar. And the first one is to make sure you're not eating, make sure you are eating other things along with carbohydrates. So for example, if you're eating something that has carbohydrates, you want to be mindful of the fact that you are also eating something else that has proteins or fats or fiber or all three would be amazing along with that carbohydrate because proteins, fats, and fibers will actually act as a buffer. So when you're digesting those carbohydrates and all you have to digest is that simple carbo, like those carbohydrates alone, they can be broken down very quickly and very efficiently. But if you have a protein, fat, or fiber thrown into the mix, it just makes it a little more difficult for those enzymes to get the carbohydrates because it's not just a pool of carbohydrates, it's a whole mixture of macros and fiber and stuff that is working in with it. So one of the best ways to kind of visualize this is to just think of chugging a glass of plain water versus trying to shove a glass of ice water um, and chalk that down with a full cup of ice versus the plain water. You're going to be able to like drink the drink down the plain water in seconds, but with the ice water, the ice is going to kind of get in your way and you won't be able to drink it nearly as quickly, right? So this is kind of what proteins, fats, and fiber do. They just slow down the process of digestion. So we are slowing down the pace at which we're breaking down those carbohydrates into sugars. And we are automatically going to slow down the rate for which the sugar transports from our intestines and and stomachs and back into our bloodstream. So just another quick example, if you're just to eat a plain piece of white bread, that is just straight refined carbs um, with barely anything in there except for carbohydrates. Versus if you were to eat a slice of whole wheat bread or whole wheat toast or whatever that's got lots of fiber and a little bit of protein, and then if you added some peanut butter on top, which also has lots of fats and proteins, you're going to break down those carbohydrates in the piece of bread and the slice of whole wheat toast way, way slower than you would um, if you were going to just eat the plain white bread. And therefore, you're going to get a big spike in blood sugar with the white bread toast versus you're going to get a more steady increase in blood sugar and then therefore a steady drop in blood sugar with the whole wheat peanut butter toast. Okay, so now we talked a little bit about exactly what blood sugar control is, what that looks like, and how it all works. But you may be wondering, okay... Like, what are the downsides downsides to having poor blood sugar control? So in short term, kind of what I mentioned before, if you were to always, if you're always on that crazy blood sugar roller coaster versus something that is more steady, you're always going to feel kind of tired. You're going to be having strong cravings. Your appetite is going to be out of control. It's not going to be very good. And you're just going to be like generally unsatisfied when it comes to your appetite and eating, um, which is no fun. Like everyone wants to feel good and energized and full and satisfied and no one wants to feel crabby, cranky and hangry all the time, right? But also the more long-term consequences of poor blood sugar 
um, control is create is creating an insulin insulin resistance. So like I said earlier, every time we have a rise in blood sugar, we have a rise in insulin to match it so that it can come back down. But if you're always having those crazy spikes in blood sugar, we're more we're automatically going to have crazy spikes in insulin. And we're always going to be putting our body in that like damage control, just shoot out a ton of insulin because your blood sugar is so high mode, which is not good because if you're always in damage control, lots and lots of insulin being pumped out mode, our cells are going to start to get really resistant to insulin. They're just going to get used to the high levels of insulin and they're just going to need more and more insulin in order to get the job done. So, so getting our blood sugar, sugar from our blood into our cells, so the more resistant we become to insulin, the higher our blood sugar is going to be because we're just not going to be very good at getting the sugar from our blood into our cells and pretty much the efficiency is just going to go way down and we're just going to keep needing more and more and more insulin and everything I'm explaining right now is what is known as type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is pretty much taking control of the US. Like rates of type 2 diabetes are literally through the roof. They just keep growing. It's insane because we don't control our blood sugar very well and if we don't have good blood sugar control all the time, it's just going to lead to insulin resistance. And like I said, we're just going to need more and more and more insulin that our pancreases are finally just going to give out and we're not even going to be able to produce insulin. And that is when you have insulin dependent type 2 diabetics who actually need shots of insulin in order to keep their blood sugar under control. And just to throw this out there, because I know there's sometimes some confusion between type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes is totally different and has nothing to do with how good your diet is because basically there is an autoimmune issue that you actually kill the cells in your pancreas that make insulin, so you end up having a total absence of insulin, and therefore you need to be on insulin and control your blood sugar that way that causes of type 1 has nothing to do with your diet. So if you are always eating processed foods that have a lot of sugar, or even if it's not a sugary food, even if you start to just pay attention to food labels and ingredient lists, you will see that sugar is sneaky. And it is in everything, people. Like, I mean, everything things that don't even taste like it it's still lurking in the background and it's still going to raise your blood sugar anyways even if we aren't tasting something sweet um so you really need to be careful of that and also like sweetened beverages that is straight sugar there's no protein no fiber no fat and also if you're always eating refined carbohydrates anything pretty much that is made from white flour again flour does doesn't have much protein, fat, or fiber at all. I talked about carbohydrates in the first um, Nutrition 101 episode, and you can understand why that is if you go back and listen to the first one. But again, refined carbohydrates, they're just going to be raising your blood sugar really quickly. 
So if your diet is really made up of a lot of these foods, you're probably going to have some crazy blood sugar spikes and dips. So if you just want to be really careful, um, the more protein, fat, fiber, fruits, and veggie vegetables especially, and even fruits, I really want to emphasize this. Fruit is obviously a lot of carbs and it's mainly carbohydrates, but there's also a lot of fiber. So it's packed with fiber, so it's not going to be as crazy on your blood sugar as far as something like refined carbohydrates or something that is just like super refined sugar. Okay, wow, I know that was a lot for this episode, but understanding how blood sugar works uh, just on a baseline is so important to just being a happy, satisfied, healthy person in short term and long term. So I really hope that this episode was helpful to you. If you want to share it with friends and family, if you think they might benefit from this information, go ahead and share it. Knowledge is power. And of course, if you want to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss any of my upcoming episodes in general, but especially these Nutrition 101 series, I still have a lot of these episodes that I want to make. So definitely stick around for those. But thank you guys so much for listening today. And that is all I have. So thank you guys again so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to y'all again next time. Bye friends. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I'll be uploading a new episode every Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration.